So good to see you here this morning. You know, it's the truth. It's not enough for you or for me or any of us just to come to church. I believe there's people all over our country right now that are coming into church that may not be coming into God's presence. Amen. We're to come into the Lord's presence. And we have that privilege and we have that open door because Jesus is the door. He says, I'm the door by me. If any man enters in, he shall be saved. He said, you'll come in and out and find pasture. You'll come in and out and find strength and spiritual food and meat. We come in the Lord and we come by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 37. A wonderful psalm, the whole psalm, but we're going to focus on one verse this morning from Psalm 37. I bet many of you are familiar with this. I imagine many of you could, might be able to quote this verse and say it to yourself when you're seeking direction for the Lord, from the Lord. I know that I do. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And I say hallelujah to that, that God orders the steps of his people. He orders his steps. I'll read this from Isaiah 48. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. That is our God. Our God leads us the way we should go. There's a should and there's a shouldn't. There's a right path and there's a wrong path. There's God's way and there's every other way. And God, by his word, by his grace, by his spirit, is going to lead the good man or the righteous man in the ways of God. We don't have to sweat it. We do. I'm preaching to the, myself this morning. We don't have to sweat it. We don't have to stress over it. We do oftentimes. But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Not only does God order our steps, he delights when we walk in those steps. He delights when we walk in his way. And I believe one of the meanings of this scripture, I personally believe it also has to do with he causes us to delight in his way. So let's say it again. He orders our steps. Those that know God and walk with God, he directs our path through life. He delights when we walk in that path. And then he causes us to have such a heart that we delight to walk in the ways of God, in the paths of God. That's a wonderful blessing that this world doesn't know. One of many other blessings that we have that the world does not have. Amen. But he causes us to, I believe, causes us to delight in his way. And that is an act of God. That is a work of God. That is a working of God in the lives of those that he has redeemed to cause us to delight in the things of God, to cause us to delight in the right paths and the right steps that he orders for us. He directs our feet, and he causes us to walk in the right way, and he causes us to delight in that right way. How many of you know that God has a way? God has a way. It sounds like a, a simple truth, but God has a way about him. He has a way. And he, he leads us in the way. The Bible says he leads us in the paths of righteousness in Psalm 23 for his name's sake. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He wants us, 
all that he created in his image, and certainly all those he's redeemed by his blood, he wants us to walk in his way. God has a way. It's his way. It's his, I would say it's his manner, his thoughts, his plans, his purposes, his goodness, his holiness, his infinite wisdom, his power, his word. All of that to me and more would be God's way. God has a way about him where you can say, that's the Lord. The Lord did that. This is the Lord's hand. This is God at work doing this. This is God touching my life. This is God's way. I know this is the Lord. Because you know God. You know he has a way about him. He has a way. And it's found in Jesus Christ. There's not, it's not by chance or just a little figure of speech where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Philip, have you known me so long and been with me so long, and yet you've not known the way? I am the way, the truth, and the light. That's what he told Philip. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the, the word of God says in Isaiah, And thine ears shall hear, hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. That is the Lord. That is Almighty God speaking to his people, directing his people. I'm so thankful that he doesn't just drop us off and say, You're saved and I'll see you when you get to heaven. He directs our paths. He leads us and guides us. It matters to him. And then he delights and is joyful when we walk in his way. And he changes our hearts and we delight to walk in his way. It's a wonderful thing and he's a wonderful God. Amen. Evil men have a way about them. The Bible says sinners and wicked men and evil men, they have a way. And the Bible says in Proverbs 13, the way of transgressors is hard. It's a hard way. If you've lived a life of sin, you know it's a hard way. I'm not saying everything in Jesus is easy, but the way of transgressors, the Bible says, is hard. The Bible says that all we like sheep, this is men before coming to Jesus, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. So however many people there on this planet, just picture them, everyone, including you know us before we knew the Lord, just scattered like a bunch of sheep. And they've all gone another way. There's really only two ways. It says every man's turned to his own way. But literally, there's only two ways. There's God's way and there's another way. God's way and every other way, you can, you can lump it together in one big lump. It's every other way. There's a narrow way and there's a broad gate, broad way. And there's Jesus' way and there's every other way. But evil men have and sinners have a way about them. Satan and his host, has a, he has a way of, about him. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's an intimidator. He tries to put fear into our hearts. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Our enemy has a way about him, but Almighty God has a way. Amen? In his way is the best way. In his way is the blessed way. In his way is the way that he's called us all to walk in. I want to read this from Psalm 115. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more you and your children. You know what that is? That's walking in God's way. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to do thy word. Uh, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk after the law of the Lord or in the law of the Lord. God has a way. Evil men and sinners have a way. But we're to walk in God's way. That voice behind us is the Holy Spirit. Amen. You'll hear a voice behind you in your ear saying, here's the way, walk ye in it. 
I'm about to turn to the left. And so the Lord says, no, th this is the way. I'm about to turn to the right. And the Lord says, no, here's the way. He's involved. He cares. He's able. He's a good shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow. The Bible says, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. A foolish man doesn't want it. He can be very intelligent and be foolish. How many, how many of you know that? One can be very intelligent and be foolish when it comes to the things of God. Very smart academically, very intellectual, and yet very foolish. A fool is one who despises instruction from the Lord and wisdom from God. I don't care how smart they are or how smart one is. The Bible says the steps of a good man are, are ordered by the Lord. Step simply means one's goings, your goings, okay? Your goings are ordered by the Lord. You say, well, it says a good man in the Bible. I thought there was none good. Good is the one that had imputed righteousness to us by faith in the Lord. In other words, the Bible does say there's none good, no, not one. There's none righteous. There's none that understands. There's none that seeks after God. But those that are saved by the grace of God, whether it's an Old Testament saint like Abraham, who was justified by faith, or a New Testament believer who has fully put their trust in Jesus and his finished work on the cross and been born of his spirit, we're still we're good because of the imputed goodness to us. In other words, the goodness of another, the goodness of God and Christ and his righteousness. So it's not, the Bible uses the word, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So what does that word order mean? So it means just what you think it would mean. It means established. It means made right. God makes your steps right. He, ordered their, he orders the steps of a good man. It means fixed, set up, prepared, made prosperous. Isn't that wonderful? This is the steps of a good man are made prosperous by the Lord, fitted and fashioned by the Lord. And I say amen, amen to that. I want my steps to be ordered by the Lord. I lived enough years of my life, too many years of my life, ordering my own steps. I saw where that got me. Amen. By the grace of God, he saved me and lifted me up out of a horrible pit, set my feet on, on a rock. And guess what he did? He established my goings. That's ordering my steps. I'm glad that he's ordering my steps. I want his will. I want what he wants for me. Amen. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said that our every step is the subject of divine decree. Our every step through life. We keep our eyes on Jesus and we walk in the ways that he's he leads us. We're, I want my steps to be ordered by the Lord. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures from the Psalms, just myself, that I've written down. Psalm 18, it is God that girdeth me with strength, David said, and maketh my way perfect. God, he realized it. He didn't just know there was a God up there somewhere. He didn't even know, just say there's a God who's a Savior. He, he talk, this is talking about walking with the Lord through this life. He maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon high places. 2 Samuel twenty two thirty one says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all them that trust in him. But it sounds like a simple truth, but as for God, his way is perfect. If you're telling your children or you're telling your neighbor or you're telling a stranger how good God is and you need to come to know this God, you can safely and honestly with all confidence say, he's never going to steer you wrong. 
You can honestly say that. You're not crossing your fingers and saying, gosh, I hope God doesn't let my children down at some point. He says, as for God, his way is perfect. So if I say to you, I don't know what God has for your future fully, but God does, you can trust him. You can trust him. Press in close to the Lord. Press in as close as you can get to the Lord and press in closer. And then stay there. Amen. Stay with him all the days of your life because he's going to lead you. His way is perfect. But I don't get this and I don't understand this and I don't know how God can do that. And, and, and we go on and on and on and we just have to be still and know he's God. His way is perfect. I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to stick with the Lord. Amen. Now, God's ways, I'll say this, just so we're not be- believing something that's false, okay? God's ways are not always the easiest ways. God's ways, and I'm talking about when you're, when you're walking in the will of God. God's laid out a, a path for your life. He doesn't show you the whole thing at once. He shows you and me, you know, what's maybe not what's around the next curve, but you know, what's right ahead. Sometimes he'll show us a little further down the road. But as we're walking in his ways, he does not say that his way is the path of least resistance. It is not. Not in this life. He doesn't say it's the easiest life. He doesn't say it's the most carefree path. He doesn't say it's a trouble-free path. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world, he says. Our, our confidence and our strength is not we would be misled and we would soon be discouraged in the way if we believed that if I serve God and walk in the will of God, that everything's going to be perfect. Some of you know this is probably older, you know, older little phrase, but it doesn't mean every day is going to be a zippity doodah day. Okay? It's not. It, it's going to be a wonderful, the best but it does not mean it's going to be the easiest nor carefree. The Bible says when we suffer for his name's sake in the will of God, that we're to rejoice for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Well, that's what I want. That's what you want. That's, that's where the peace comes. That's where the joy comes. That's where uh, the, the fellowship with God comes. If we suffer for his name's sake and we go through diverse trials of our faith he says rejoice for the spirit of glory and of god rest upon you it's just staying right there even though life is hard even though we might have some trials in the way in god's way in his will you know what it's not always the most easy way to walk with god we need to tell people that because if we paint this picture that's not true and they start down this road just a little bit, and all of a sudden they found out I didn't get elected mayor because I became a Christian, but my friends left me instead. This is not what I bargained for. They might get discouraged and say, this is, this is not for me. People need to know the truth, amen? We need to count the cost, take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow the Lord. Follow him where? In the way. Follow him the way he's going. That's a disciple of the Lord. Not a convert, it's a convert and then who becomes a disciple, which is a follower of the Lord. It's not always the easiest way, but I can tell you what, it's always the best way. It's always crowned, I would say, with the presence of God. If I'm walking in the will of God, even through a trial, and a very hard trial, 
that I might go through or numerous trials that we may go through. It's not always carefree, but it's always crowned. That's just the word that I thought of with the presence of God, with the power of God, with the friendship of God, with the companionship of God, with our good shepherd. Those who by faith walk in his ways and travel his paths, walking in his word, living in his word, living in the will of God, we're surely going to find trials because God leads us into trials. He's not cruel. He said, this is how I'm going to be glorified. This is how you're going to be strengthened. This is how I'm going to show myself to other people. This is how I'm going to show myself mighty in your weakness. He'll lead us right smack dab into the middle of a trial. I'm not talking about something we bring on ourselves by sin. You know, we go off in sin and rebellion. There's, there's consequences for that, too, that are unpleasant. Even though God still loves us, he'll bring us back in the right way. I'm talking about walking directly in the will of God. And he said, this is not what I wanted. But God said, I know. I know it's not what you wanted. It's, God this is the exact opposite of what I wanted. He says, I know. But I'm with you. And he wants us to learn to be okay and more than okay because he's with us. It's always crowned with the presence of God, the right way, walking in his way, the communion of the Holy Ghost. Those who walk by faith will find, will find trials and temptations, but we'll never find ourselves alone. Isn't that awesome? You know, sometimes we need to take a step or two back and be fall back on the on the basics, fall back on the fundamentals, fall back on what's important in life and say, okay, I'm not this prayer is not answered the way I wanted to be answered. This is not going exactly like I wanted to go. And yet God says, I know it's not. I'm trying to teach you something else. I want you to be satisfied knowing that I'm with you and I've got you in my hands and I will never, never forsake you. I want you to know that. He wants you to know that this morning. We'll never find ourselves abandoned. We'll never find ourselves alone. We'll never find ourselves walking in God's way defeated, cast down, Paul said, but not destroyed. Amen? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. This is Psalm 37, 24. This is the scripture after what we're talking about, the steps of a good man ordered, ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. We need to know that. We need to know it by experience. We need to know it by faith. And walking with the Lord. He wants us to know that. We will find ourselves knocked down. But not abandoned. Not destroyed. Not utterly defeated. Amen. Uh, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. David says all the days of my life. Even though we go through trials and tribulations. So Christ is the way. He leads us in the way. He is the way. He leads us in the way. And he's with us as we walk in the way. Amen. In the very end, he's going to bring us where he always intended to bring us in the first place. 
We're going to have ups and downs and valleys and mountaintops and darkness and light and trials and tribulation and joy unspeakable. We're going to have all that through life, ups and downs. But in the end, he is the way. He, he causes us to walk in the way. He's with us in the way. And he's going to bring us with him that where I am, there ye, ye may be also. He says in John 14, I'm coming to get you one day that where I am, there ye may be also. He's going to carry us all the way to his home. So as we walk with the Lord by faith, by his grace, in obedience to his word, he supplies the power by the Holy Spirit for the walk. You say, I'm done. All my friends are persecuting me because I'm taking a stand for Christ. All my friends left me. My family left me. I got fired from my job because I'm standing for Christ, because I won't compromise, because I won't bow to the God of this world. I'm standing for Jesus, and it's costing me. It's going to cost you, but he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's got you. He's going to hold you up, and he supplies what we need by the power of the Holy Spirit. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And as we walk with the Lord, a lot of things are going to happen. It's not just saved and then heaven. There's a lot of space in between there, usually, unless you get saved on your deathbed, and God is gracious to do that as well. There's a discipleship. There's a growing. And as I walk with the Lord, and you walk with the Lord in the way, as he orders my steps, we begin to grow. How do we grow? We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We personally grow in grace and in our knowledge of the Lord. We grow in our Christ-likeness. To me, this would have to do with fruit-bearing and, and Christ-likeness being conformed to his image. We grow in our love for the Lord and for others, for our enemies, for our friends, for the church, for lost people, for saved people. We grow in our love. We grow in our obedience to Christ. I used to obey God this much. Now I'm obeying him this much. Hopefully next week or next year I'll be obeying him that much. We grow in our obedience to the Lord. Amen. And we increasingly, this to me is one of the most biggest miracles of all. Think about Noah and the ark. Name the biggest miracles you can think of. Jesus rising from the dead. All the animals getting on the ark. All of creation in six days. And we can go on and on. And I believe all of them. Amen. If I believe one, I can believe all of them. Amen. But one of the biggest miracles to me personally is the fact that God can change a heart. This person, for example, and I could use myself, used to be hard-hearted, selfish, uh, uh, whatever, going and on, uh, rebellious, full of anger, whatever. And now their heart is changed. They don't just behave differently. They are different. They've been changed from the inside out. Who could do that but a living God and a living Savior? The Lord can do that. He can change us. Amen. And so we increasingly come to delight in his way. We, we find ourselves delighting in what he delights in. How is that possible? How is that even possible? I could, I could pretend, you know, if I wasn't saved, I could pretend to like church. I could pretend to like the Bible. And you could put on a smile and fool a lot of people. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being changed from the inside out. To where I delight in what God delights in. And I despise what he despises. Hypocrisy and, and sin and rebellion and so forth. That is a miracle that happens when a person's born again. As we walk with the Lord and God's sanctifying us by his spirit. We begin to say, I love the way of God. 
I love the ways of God. I love his wisdom. I love his truth. I love his godliness. I love belonging to Jesus. I love walking with Jesus through this life. I'm so glad that I'm saved. There are people that can be religious, and they can be Protestant religious. They can be Catholic religious. They can be that, that, that try, to, try to make themselves fit the mold and smile when they're supposed to smile. But this is a miracle. This is life, abundant, that he promises. And it's to me, it's as big a miracle as any miracle Jesus could ever do because I have a free will. And at every step, I could say, no, God, no, God, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But when we yield to God, he begins to change our hearts and work in us. So I'm not just going to church. I want to go to church. I'm not just reading my Bible. I'm longing to see what God has to say with me in his word. I don't just get up and come to Sunday school because somebody told me to. I get up and come to Sunday school because I can't wait to hear the lesson and what God's going to speak to me through his word. It is a work of the Lord causing us to not only walk in his way, but to delight in his way. Amen? R.A. Torrey is one of my personal favorites. Uh, R.A. Torrey was a contemporary of D.L. Moody and a little bit younger than him, and their lives overlapped and ministered together. But R.A. Torrey said he was talking about this same miracle of the Lord changing the heart. He goes, I used to love gambling, staying up all night and playing cards and going out and see worldly entertainment and going to horse races and gambling. He goes, and I hated the things of God and going to church. But he says, once he got saved, he goes, I find myself, I despise all that worldly stuff. I want nothing to do with it. He goes, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to fellowship with the people of God. I can't wait to sit under the teaching of the word. That is, that is a change in heart. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's not a, a self-helps book. That is a new heart that God gives us. Amen. We delight in the things of God. We find ourselves, by the grace of God, less and less satisfied by the things of this world. Less and less attracted to and attached to the things of this temporal, fallen, sin-filled world. Our attention, our focus, our heart, our affections, our delight is increasingly, and I think it's increasingly, sometimes little by little, sometimes it'll take a, a big leap. But we find ourselves increasingly more uh, with a heavenward gaze. With a he- I'm looking up. I want to see the Lord. I know all this garbage is going on around me. I'm not in denial. Understand, there's a war in Ukraine. I understand gas is $4 a gallon. I understand what's happening. And I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. I'm not an ostrich who buried all. I see all that, but I'm looking up. I see someone who's above it all. And I want to walk in his way. I still, when there's a lot of clamoring and noise going on, I want to hear God. What are you saying right now? Everybody else is saying this. Everybody else is saying this. What are you saying, Lord? I want to walk in your way. He's going to lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen? He's going to lead us. And I find myself and want to find myself increasingly more uh, less attached to the world that's crumbling and falling around us and going going to come into judgment. And I want to find myself increasingly delighting in God and the things of God in a fellowship with Jesus, the light of his word, communion in the Holy Ghost, communion with his people, serving God, 
living for God. Amen. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It's just a blessing. When God gives a blessing, it doesn't mean we won't have sorrows. It says when God blesses, it's rich. It makes rich in a different way. That's what I want to be at, uh, seeking after. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Amen? And that's how we want to walk. We begin to find ourselves longing for the fullness of joy. And where does it come from, the Bible says? Where's the fullness of joy? In his presence is fullness of joy. So as I walk in the ways of God, even if it's through a big, dark valley, if I'm in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. He begins to impart his heart to us, and we begin to rejoice in mercy and righteousness and righteous judgment and truth and so forth. I want to ask a question, and I'm not, you can shout amen if you want to or, or whatever you desire to, but those who are in this room, who have walked closely with the Lord for some time now, those that in this room that have tasted to see that the Lord is gracious. You can be young and have walked with the Lord for quite some time. Those that have, have seen the faithfulness of God, would you trade Jesus for anything that's in the rearview mirror now? Would you trade Jesus and your walk with Jesus for anything that you left behind in following the Lord. No. I wouldn't either. I see it all. It's in the rearview mirror. It's all back there. And there's nothing. I don't want to be like a dog returning to his vomit. I don't want to go back to. That's what the scriptures, how it describes that. I don't want to go back to that. There's nothing back there for me. I would not trade what I have in Jesus for any of that. You say, well, and I, I can honestly say this, y'all. In my, I had heartaches and trials and tribulations before I committed to Christ. But for me personally, my most severe trials and heartaches, I never knew a heart could ache. Like it's ache sometimes. My most severe ones have been since I've known the Lord. Since I've walked with Jesus. But I wouldn't trade one second of it for any of that behind before I knew Jesus. Not only going to heaven, having my sins forgiven, the gift of eternal life, but I wouldn't trade one second or one step of this journey with my Savior for anything that's behind. There's nothing that can compare to knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord. And y'all, I'm going I'm to be bringing this so close, but you and I as the saints of God, I'm speaking to the church here this morning, we don't always perfectly see and perfectly understand, as I said, the ways of God. We, we don't see the path uh, clearly like He does. But we still can know the way by knowing Jesus. All I have to do, He doesn't ask me to figure it all out. He doesn't ask me to lay it all out, to plan it all out. He asks me to trust Him. He asks me to walk with Him. He calls me to walk with Him, okay? And we can know the way. So we don't necessarily clearly, we don't see the path as God does. We don't at every moment, at every step, at every turn, 
at every pause in the road, at every valley or mountaintop. We don't always see the way clearly. I know I could get some amens from that. You don't. We don't see it all perfectly clearly. And sometimes it's scary. And we don't see it. And we wonder, and what is God waiting for? I've got to make a decision by noon, and it's 1130, and I still don't know yet. And, and we, we can panic. We don't need to panic. I don't see it all clearly. Sometimes we're pressed. We feel pressed. We don't have any right way to choose. We don't feel like we have any right option. And somehow God makes a river in a desert. Somehow he makes a path through the Red Sea. He makes a way for us to, to, uh, to go in his way and to travel in his way. When it's all said and done, he's able to bring us where we need to go. Amen. We just have to be assured that he knows the way. We're his children. He's our father. We're his sheep. He's our shepherd. I just need to know that he knows the way. And I'm going to stay close to him. Amen? I'm going to stay close to him. Y'all turn with me. We're going to read uh, one scripture here from Isaiah 55. While you're turning there, the Bible says in Acts that known unto God are his works from the beginning of the world. He, he knows. We just have to know that he knows. Amen. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. I know you know this passage. Very familiar. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Well, I need to know that. I'm glad that scripture's there. I know that, God, this isn't how I would do it if I were you. This isn't the way I would have chosen if I was cho choosing it. He says, I know that. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Not only are they different, they're better, infinitely better. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I wouldn't have done it like this, God. I wouldn't have had this relationship fall apart over here, and I wouldn't have this and that and the other and, and we would have chosen it so differently. And yet, yet he says, no, my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God orders our steps in Christ, the steps of those he's redeemed. And he orders our steps all through our lives. And he delights when we walk in it. He is happy. You know, we have parents in here with children. You're happy when your children walk in the, the things that you've given them. Not only the commandments like take out the trash, but when you tell your children live this way and do this at school and talk to people this way and, and, <clears throat> and we see them do it. It's, it brings a joy to the parents' hearts when our children do that. And God delights when we walk in it, but he also changes our hearts and, and causes us to delight in it. I want to close with, with one little illustration from the Bible. You can turn to Genesis 24 if you want to. Just for time's sake, I'm going to kind of tell you the story of what's going on here. Abraham has had his son Isaac by now. He finally had the promised child that he waited 25 years for. He receives the promised child through which he's going to be the father of many nations. And he's a, Abraham's getting old. He knows the Lord's about to call him home. And his, wife, his son Isaac doesn't have a wife yet. And he doesn't want his son to have just any 
you know, pagan Canaanite wife from around him. And so he gets, Abraham was old, uh, Genesis 24, 1, and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, this is Eleazar, that ruled over all that he had, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. So he says, I want you to go back to my homeland where I came from originally before God called me out. And I want you to take a wife for my son Isaac from there. Okay? Swear to me now. And he does. He swears to him. He says, well, the, the other servant's getting a little nervous. You're about to die. I got to go find a wife from some foreign land for, for my master. You know, this is a tall order. How am I going to find a wife for the right one and for my master's son? I want to be faithful to the oath that and the promise I just promised. He says, what if, what if I find a woman and she doesn't want to come back? He says, if, if, if she doesn't want to come back, you're loosed from this oath. But by all means, whatever you do, do not take a wife for Isaac from among these Canaanites here. And he swore. And so he heads out on his journey, and he gets back to, uh, to Abraham's nativity, place of his nativity. And he sees the, the people watering the, the camels and so forth and, and opening up the well and giving water to the camels. And he, he, he makes this little, not little, he offers up this little prayer to God and says it. If this is the one, because there was a pretty young lady coming out, opening up the well and getting water, and says, if that's the one, he hadn't spoken to her yet, Lord, let, let her, I'm going to say something to her, let her say just this certain thing to me, like, yeah, we have plenty of straw for your camel and water, and come stay with us tonight. He was a stranger over here. And so, let's look at verse 27. So that's what takes place, and, and, uh, Rebecca is the one that's there. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. That, that's a verse I've read through Old Testament many times in Genesis. And that is something that kind of jumped out to me before when I read it. He, he's offering a thanksgiving to God. God directed him to the right woman. He answered his prayer. And she wanted to go back. And she became uh, Isaac's wife. But the point is, in his prayer, he says, I was in the way. I was in the, not just out there somewhere in a way. He was in the way. He says, I being in the way, the Lord led me. He was walking in obedience. And as he was walking in obedience, he found himself, I'm in the right way. Somewhere along this path, you know, there's going to be this wife from my master. He just kept in the way. God led him right back to Abraham's kinfolk and to the specific woman. And the, the prayer was answered and his covenant and his oath that he made to his master was answered. And she was delighted to go back. And she even said the exact words he had hoped she would say if she was the right one. It all happened because Eleazar was in the way. He wasn't in some way. He was in the way. He was in the will of God, and he was walking in that. You're going to find it in your life, and I'm going to find it in my life. Trials and tribulations, but walk in the way. You are going to be right where you're supposed to be. 
When it's time for this prayer to be answered, it will be answered. When it's time for your wife, your wife will come. When it's time for your husband, your husband will come. When it's time for this, this will happen. Stay in the way. Just like this servant, he went a long way, and it was a very specific, it could not have been a more specific answer to his prayer. And he acknowledged, it was, this is the Lord. I was walking in the ways of God, in obedience to God, in this simple little task that he was given. And it was fulfilled. God fulfills that. Amen. God does that for you. And he does it for me. D, you can come. For this God, David says, is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Not only is is he our God, but he's our guide. And he's going to guide us even unto death. Y'all stand with me this morning. Just want to encourage you to, to seek after God. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of voices in this uh, that are shouting or whispering in your ear. You need to stay in the will of God, and so do I. He wants to keep you there. He's able to keep you there. Pressing closely to the Lord. Don't panic. Don't take matters into your own hands. Keep your eyes on Jesus and walk with Him. Amen? He will certainly direct your path. He will lead you and guide, guide you, and you will not miss Him. You won't. I used to live in fear. What if I miss God? What if I miss God? What if I miss God? Over and over. You're not going to miss God. Stay close to him. If you miss him or begin to miss him, he, he can get you back where you're supposed to be. He can make up for our mistakes. Amen. If we're sincere and we really follow after God. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Oh, God. And y'all, the altars are open. Come and seek the Lord at these altars this morning. We come before you, Lord Jesus, God, seeking the right way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. God, thank you for causing us to walk in your way. Maybe you're here this morning, you're, you're not walking in the ways of God. You're walking in rebellion in some way, maybe just an area of your life. God wants you to surrender that to him, to ask his forgiveness and to yield to the way of God and the pathway of God. Lord, order our steps. Order our steps as a church body at Cornerstone. Order the steps as families, as mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and children, as young people, as as, uh, single people. Lord, order our steps and lead us and guide us, Lord. Thank you that you give us strength for the journey. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.